Happy Easter, everybody, and uh, it's good to be with you. Um, if you have your Bible, you can turn to your John 20. Well, turn to John 20 right now if you, if you have your Bible. And also Luke 24, you can put your finger there, put a marker. We're going to be looking at those two places here this morning uh, for Easter Sunday. I got to thinking, this Easter is a lot like the first Easter. Uh, when you th- stop and think about it, you might say, well, how's that? Well, the first Easter... Uh, Sunday, they didn't meet, they didn't go to church. In other words, they weren't going to church. They were actually uh, uh, in a room, all locked, uh, all locked in, like a lockout or a lockdown. Uh, you know, the disciples were used to meeting in public places, and they were used to meeting in large groups. But on this particular day, on this particular Sunday, they are hunkered down. They're afraid to go anywhere, in other words. Look at this passage here in John 20. Verse 19, it says the disciples were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And on the evening of that same Sunday, they locked themselves in a room. So here it is on Sunday. And 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 in this room that they've locked the doors, they're kind of trapped inside. And it's filled with fear. And it's filled with worries. It's filled with anxiety. They're not sure what's going to happen. They're not sure what's coming. But something good is about to happen in this room. And it's something that can happen in your room this Easter Sunday morning. In other words, God uses this Easter here to fill a room with his peace. Notice again in John 20, the next verse says, Out of nowhere, Jesus appeared in the center of the room. And he says, May each one of you be at peace. And you stop to think about this for a minute. Jesus could have said a lot of things. When he went into this room, he could have said, hey, guys, what happened? Where were you? You know, what, you bunch of cowards. What's the deal? No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't get on him. No, the first thing that's on his mind is he wants him to have peace. He sees the anxiety. You could cut the tension with a knife, in other words. And he could tell these guys were worried. And they were they had a lot of things on their mind. They were they were scared. And because of that, he wants to calm them down. And how does he do it? He wants them to have peace. He tells them you can have peace. So this morning, even though you might be confined to your room, so to speak, to your house, um, you might feel confined or limited or locked down by fear or anxiety or maybe some distance, you know, or disappointment. Listen to me this morning. Your greatest challenge is not what's happening around you. It's really what's going on inside of you. Okay. It's what's what's going to what what are you going to be like on the inside? Um, And it's interesting, I find here is that though you can't go to church today, Jesus will come to you and he comes to your room this morning and he wants you to have a room, a home, a life full of peace. Now, that's what we're going to see in John 20 and in Luke 24. So what I want to do now is to spend some time just asking ourselves, you know, and and looking at these passages uh, together, uh, how can Easter fill you with peace? And so Easter can fill you with peace, uh, first of all, because Jesus is still in control. Look at the Bible says here in Luke 24, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? 
Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. He's saying it's me. You know, things are in disarray right now. The disciples, everything's, they're running. They're, they're, they're hiding. And no one knows what's going to happen next. No one's sure. But notice, Jesus stands in the room with them, inside what they're going through. He stands among them, alive. And he's reassuring them. He goes, hey guys, look, it's me. I mean, look at me. Look at my wounds. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's really me. It's not a ghost. I think what's interesting here is that Jesus is trying to say to his disciples and trying to say to you as well in your room, hey, I'm with you through this. I'm not leaving you all alone on this one. So whatever happens, I'll be with you. Death can't keep me away from being with you. That's how much power I possess. I have control over it all. My presence, just my presence in this room to a disciple, to the disciples, he's saying, shows that I have the power and the control over anything and everything. You know, there was another time that Jesus was with his disciples and they were, things were kind of going crazy. If you remember, you all probably remember uh, he was uh, in a boat and there was a storm and all the disciples were going crazy. In fact, they went down to talk to Jesus down inside the hole there, sort of speaking. He was sleeping and they said, they wake him up and says, Master, don't you care? We're going to drown. Don't you care about us? And, and I thought this was an interesting translation I found of Mark 4. And look what it says here. He got up, in other words, Jesus got up, scolded the wind and said to the sea, silence, shut up. The wind quieted down. It died and there was a flat calm. Now it goes on to say the disciples looked at each other and went, man, who is this guy? And it says, who is this? They said to each other, even the wind and the sea do what he says. I want you to know this morning, Easter tells us that Jesus has power over the wind and the sea and over death. Over death. I mean, the wind and the sea are at his beck and call and so is death at his beck and call. And he's wanting, his, he's wanting the disciples to know this. I noticed also as I was just researching a little bit about what does Jesus talk about when he talks about having control. Another Sunday, years later, there would be another Sunday where John, one of his disciples, who happened to be in that room at the time of, of, of the first Easter, is now on an island, on, a, on an island all by himself. He can't go anywhere. He's kind of stuck there too. And in Revelation, it says this, it was Sunday, and I was in the Spirit praying. There's a good hint right there. You want to know what you ought to be doing in your rooms today? Do some praying. He goes, it was Sunday. I was in the Spirit praying. I heard a loud voice behind me. And that loud voice said, write all this down. So what's about to happen? And then it goes on to say in verse 18, this voice says, don't fear. I am first. I am last. I'm alive. I died, but I came back to life. And my, listen to this, and my life is now forever. See these keys in my hand? <laughs> they open and lock death's doors. They open and lock hell's gates. That's what, the, so what's, what's this passage telling us here? That Jesus is saying, listen, I have, I still have control over everything that's going on and everything, everything that's going to happen. So you have nothing to worry about. Let this calm you down. I don't know what you're feeling right now. I know that a lot of people, I talked to a lot of people in the last month. I, I went and got one of the old bulletins 
and was looking at the last time we, we got together a month ago, and uh, Gary was talking about COVID-19. And we've been apart now for a month now. And, I'll, I, and, I, and as I talk to people either through Zoom or through a uh, phone call or through email or a text, I, uh, people are feeling a lot of different emotions right now. And one of the biggest ones is fear. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my house? What's going to happen to my health? What's next? Well, Jesus comes into your room. Well, you can't go anywhere. And he says, hey, you have nothing to worry about. Don't be afraid. I'm here. I have control over your circumstances and your consequences. That's how much control I have. So don't be afraid. The winds and the waves obey me. And I calm them down. You just concentrate on obeying me and I can calm you down too. So God has control of everything. That's what Jesus says on the very first Easter. He wants you to know that. Number two, Easter fills you and I with peace because Jesus deeply cares. I found this very interesting. Look at these passages here together here. He said to them, why are you troubled and why, uh, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. Here's another passage. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. I was thinking, you know, what's Jesus doing here? He says, look at my wounds, he's saying. Look at, look at these. Now, why would he bother to show him his wounds? In fact, why are his wounds even there? If he'd resurrected, you'd think the wounds would be gone. You know, he's been healed, so to speak. No, the wounds are still there. They're still fresh. Why is he showing these wounds to these disciples? Why does he want you to remember his wounds on Easter? Well, you might say, well, it's strong evidence of who he is. It shows his power over death. It shows us that he's alive. And that's true. And it's also possible that he's showing these wounds to his disciples to say, guys, just like I, if you follow me, you're going to have, you're going to be wounded. You're going to be wounded. Expect to suffer. And I think that's true. I want you, what I want you to notice is he's not afraid to show these wounds. He's proud of these wounds. He doesn't seek to hide them. Now, why is that? Because they're the, they're the marks of a battle, of courage. These aren't, these aren't the marks of a coward. These aren't wounds in his back as he's running away. No, these are wounds of a warrior, of, of someone who is powerful and unafraid. But I want to tell you, I think there's, a, there's even a more significant reason that Jesus is showing these wounds to his disciples and wants you to concentrate on these wounds this Easter morning. That's because they demonstrate, they prove how much he cares, how much he really, really cares. When I was a kid, I remember one time I was building board fence with my dad and we were out building, we were building a, a pins for pigs to sort sort the pigs and um, we're building a board fence and as we're working I just happened to notice uh, all the scars on my dad you know there were scars on his arms his hands his legs and I said dad uh, what's what what's what happened to you and he goes well and he starts talking about this one here I got on my arm uh, based on a dare I jumped off you know off into the creek one time and cut myself I was on a dare. I did something stupid. This one here, I don't even want to talk about. That was just such a foolish thing. 
I said, well, how did you hurt your hand? And he goes, well, I, I hurt that while I was working. And we went back to work. He went back to hammering something. And here I was, seven, eight years old. And I got to thinking, he got hurt at work. He got hurt working to provide food for me. He got hurt at work so I could have clothes on the back. That wound that he experienced was more out of love. It wasn't foolish. Jesus isn't carrying these, these. What he's done is not foolish. What he has done is not, he doesn't regret. What he's done is not out of fear. No. He does it because he cares. And he wants his disciples to know, whatever you're going through, I'm staying with you because I care about what, what's happening and what's going to happen to you. It shows you how much I love you. Now, here's something to think about. <clears throat> it's been my experience that the most secure people that I know seemed to be the most loved people. That makes sense? That it seems that when someone is really secure, like ch I notice children, when they're secure, they ha they're in a loving home. Uh, spouses that are secure have a loving husband or wife. Um, there's just something about that. Friendships, men and women that seem to be secure and at peace. It's because they're experiencing some love and it just gives them a calmness and security that you just can't get any other way. And Peter uh, and John and, and the rest of these guys, they they are there. They realize, wow, I can have peace because you really care about me. You care enough to die for me, but you care and you care enough to resurrect. And you want to remember, remind me with every wound why they're there. It's because you care. Look at this passage in First Peter, and on your notes or on the screen here, Peter remembers these wounds, and he says. He personally carried the load of our sins in his own body when he died on the cross so that we can be finished with sin and live a good life from now on. And look what he says. For his wounds have healed ours. Right now, someone walks in heaven. He walks, he stands next to the throne of God. He's in the middle of heaven and he, and he, has, and he carries with him the only evidence of the work of God for man. He carries these wounds. They're still open. They're not closed. And every time uh, you go to the Father to pray, and the Bible says we have an advocate, Jesus is an advocate, all he has to do, he doesn't say a word. All he has to do is hold up his hand and say, Father, and, and, and his Father sees his wounded hand and goes, okay, I, I know what to do now. I know what to do now. That's who we have as our advocate. Again, these are not the wounds of a, of a coward, but of a warrior of sacrifice. And I say to you again, you may feel alone sometimes. You may feel like no one really cares about you. You have a savior that carries these wounds proudly, kind of like a, a, a Marine or a soldier who has served and he has burn scars or a, a leg amputated and he doesn't hide it. And you say, what happened? He goes, I did this saving. A, I lost my leg saving a buddy. I got this burn defending my country. And that's how Jesus is. He has this, he has these wounds and they're the wounds in the hands and feet and sight of your hero, Jesus Christ. 
You know, Thomas would see these wounds later and say, he would say, my Lord and my God. That's how convinced he was, how powerful God, Jesus was, but also how much he cared. And here's a third one. Here's a third thing to know that how Easter can fill you with peace. It does it because Jesus fulfills all of God's promises on Easter. Unbelief is everywhere on Easter. I know sometimes you might look around and go, man, there's so many people aren't even doing anything on Easter, not even thinking about Jesus. Well, let me tell you, nobody thought Jesus was coming back on Easter. The first one, I mean, the two guys on the road to Emmaus were surprised it was Jesus. The women that went to the tomb, they were like, what? They they did not expect, they were there to, to put more spices on the body. They weren't expecting to see an empty tomb. And yet when they looked in, this empty tomb, their hearts were filled with joy and peace. Now, why would these people not expect Jesus to be resurrected? I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The reason these people, the reason these disciples had so much unbelief and so many doubts is because they were focused too much on the crisis and they'd forgotten about his promise. I want you to think about that in a minute. Where's your focus on Easter? Because sometimes, guys, we can get so caught up in the COVID-19 that we're forgetting what God promises. Look what the Bible says here in Luke 24. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. Everything he says, all of God's promises, in other words, must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds. Look at this. In that room, he opened their minds. What? So they could understand what? The scriptures. Boy, the word of God is so, so important when you're locked in a room. You need the Bible. Yes, people in prison, a lot of prisoners say, I need a Bible. Could you get me a Bible? The Word of God is so good to have around when you feel like you can't get anywhere. And he tells them, this is what is written. He goes, I want you to understand what is written, already been established, a promise that's already been established. He says, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. So it's in that room that Jesus opens their minds and it's in your room this morning. He wants to open your mind to his promises, to never forget his promises, to take your focus off the crisis. To not worry about what's going to happen to you, but to think about what God has planned for you. I don't know what you're going to learn. I, 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 what are you going to learn during this COVID-19 thing. I, I've thought about it. I, I hear people say, I've heard people say, I've learned that, that the country's going to be different. Uh, people are going to be different after this is over. And I think you're going to see some lots of adjustments. I think businesses are going to be already thinking about the next virus the next time it happens, because it's going to happen again. And they're going to start making adjustments in their businesses on how to get ready for that. I think we're, we're going to see our nation doing lots and lots of that. But other people are telling me things like this. I, I'm learning that I don't need sports to entertain me, that I need my family. Uh, they're learning I don't need to be gone all the time. Sometimes it's good to be 
to connect with friends. I heard somebody say the other day, I've learned that I miss my church. I really miss being together. The other day, uh, Caitlin had her birthday party, had a, had a birthday parade for Caitlin uh, um, Wolf, and they were they had a a fire truck at the beginning. Woo! I was doing all that stuff. And I'm like, what is that? And there was a bunch of us lined up. And as I was going to the end of the line, I, we were waving at each other because we hadn't seen each other in like three weeks. And I also saw people I hadn't seen for six months in that line. And it was so good. We were like, oh, this is all so good, at least to see each other, to know we're around. And and then and, and you make a phone call or a text or or you do a Zoom meeting of people you haven't seen for a while. It's People are saying, I miss my church. I miss my friendships. I'm going to appreciate them more. Some people are saying, I'm, I'm so fortunate. I'm learning that God has blessed me with a job where I can still be working. What are you learning during this crisis? What did Jesus want his disciples to learn during their crisis? He wanted them to learn about what God promised. Not their problem, but what he promised. Look at the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians. Paul said these words, taught about Jesus. He carries out and fulfills all of God's promises. No matter how many of them there are. And we have told everyone how faithful he is, giving glory to his name. I want you to know this morning, God, God's promises, the empty tomb can fill your room with peace. Because that empty tomb, said, tomb says, God's going to fulfill every promise he's made to you. And what's the last thing? Let's close with this one. You know, Easter gives gives us peace and can fill you with peace because God wants to use you to spread God's peace. He wants to use you to spread that peace. He fills you with peace so you can spread his peace. Look, look what it says here in John 20. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. See, Jesus, listen, folks, Jesus doesn't fill your room with peace so you can just keep it all to yourself. He wants you to spread it outside of that room. Look what it says here again in Luke 24. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You're witnesses of these things. He's saying, it's going to start where you are, but I want it to go out outside your room of all people of all people on this planet God wants to use you as a believer he wants to use you to carry to carry your, to carry peace with you to carry yourself with confidence and calmness in a crisis who's going to do that it's going to be his people that are full of peace and he not only wants you to carry that 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 peace that he gives you that passes all understanding everywhere you go, he wants you to spread that peace next door. And see, now is the perfect time to do that. Now is the perfect time to express God's peace to other people. And it begins with where you are. And I would suggest to you just think about the house to your left and to your right, the house that's across the street. What house around you right now in your neighborhood could use some peace, some reassurance that God cares that God has a promise for them, that he's going to take care of them. Look what it says here in Matthew 5. Jesus said these words, God blesses those who work for peace. 
I just want you to know, God will bless your life. Yes, if you make peace with other people, and you're a peacemaker. But I'll tell you, he'll, he'll bless your life if you work for peace. He worked for peace. While mankind was declaring war, Jesus Christ was declaring peace. And he wants, to, wants everyone on this planet to experience his peace. Let me ask you a question. Are you at peace? You know, you can't spread something you don't have, right? We've talked about that. I mean, if they had a, a swab and they were able to swab the inside of your heart and they were to do a little test, would they find peace in there? Or would they find worry and fear, suspicion, disappointment, pain, anger, bitterness? What are you carrying? Is what I'm asking you this morning. What are you going to spread? One of the people that I, I didn't know this until I really looked at these two patches, never noticed it before, that Thomas is not in that room. You know, we know about Thomas, doubting Thomas, and we find out later he says, my Lord, my God. But if you remember, if you find out, if you look real close, you find out he wasn't in that room. It was a week later he's in that room. So for a week, Thomas is the only guy of, that really of the, of the disciples that was still in fear and worry still troubled by what was happening. Because he wasn't there, he didn't experience that peace. He wasn't with Christ. Nobody knows why he's gone. Nobody knows where he was. All we know is, is that for the next week, he struggled with this turmoil inside him. He didn't have to. He really didn't have to. I want to ask you this morning, if you're, if you're struggling with, with anxiety and fear, why not experience God's peace today and not let it linger. You know, what are you talking about, Tim? I'm, I know some of you here, there are some of you watching and are listening. You, you haven't put on Christ in baptism. And you know there's this inside battle going on. There's some turmoil. There's unrest because you haven't made peace with God. Years ago, I remember when I was fighting this fight, I was fighting, I was fighting God like crazy. And finally, I got tired of running, and I decided to become a Christian. I decided to be baptized. And when I did, this peace that did pass understanding just filled my heart. Maybe you're, that's where you are. Or maybe you're a Christian, and you've gotten away from the Lord. You've, you've taken, and, you're, and, and you're like, uh, because of the distance, there's more turmoil, more unrest. Well, you know what you can do to get peace? Just rededicate your life to Christ right now. That's what you can do. That's what Thomas did. All that unrest, and what's he do? He bows, and he says, my Lord and my God. He, he says, he confesses, you are the Lord, and you're going to be my God again. And I'm sure Thomas had peace. I don't know what uh, you need to do this morning. What you're going to do as you, we get done here... Um, you're going to be talking to your family, maybe a friend. I hope you'll pray together and think about what kind of choice, what kind of decision do you, do you need to make here on Easter? Because I don't think it's coincidental that we happen to be in rooms today and we happen to be talking about peace today. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit and it happens to be on Easter. It's just kind of strange. you got to think about it, huh? God's got up to something here. So use this time. Use today. Use this morning wisely. And may God fill you with peace. Let's pray. Father, we pray from our rooms this Sunday morning.
and we thank you for your love. Knowing that you love us creates security and safety in our hearts. And Father, we pause and we think of how much you love us. <laughs> While we were declaring war, you on the other hand were announcing peace. You were so serious about making peace, Father, that you gave your one and only son to make it possible. Thank you. Jesus, thank you for your wounds. They remind us of, our, of your courage and power. You didn't run from the fight. You ran to it. We would have been wiped out. You stood and took it. You took sin head on. And you were killed to save us. Then you walked out of your tomb, just like you promised. So like the disciples, Father, we look at your hands. We look at your feet. We look at your side. We see you're alive. All we can do, Father, is confess that you are Lord and God. We pray, Father, that your wounds will heal our hurts and our disappointments. And that you'll that your wounds will fill our anxieties and fears with peace. Lord, thank you for still being in control. Everything is at your beck and call. You can handle anything we face. For you carry the keys that unlock the gates of death and the grave. So whatever's going to happen, Father, with our job, our family, finances, even ourselves, we place our trust in you this morning because we know you're with us. We ask you fill our rooms with peace today. And as you fill our life with your peace, help us spread it to others outside our room. We pray in Christ's name.